Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, each and every one. Hallelujah, God. I'm excited to be here with you this evening for the third night, not the first, not the second, but the third night of our third annual end of the year Holy Ghost filled revival. We just bless God for what he has done. We are blessing God for what he is doing and for what we are believing him to do as we search and seek and lay before him this week in revival with our theme topic of stretching your faith. Amen, amen, and amen. I count it an honor and a blessing that the woman of God that is here with us this evening is not a stranger to Purpose Kingdom Network. She has been here with us before. She is my cousin, the well-known now, I can say it. I was getting ready to introduce her differently, but I can now say the well-known. If you don't know her personally, you know her through the Internet because we've been bragging about her. Reverend Dr. Eileen Maddox, I bless God for this anointed woman of God and what he is going to do through her this evening. So we are going to have our scripture reading, and we are just going to be reading our theme scripture for the day. And then after the scripture reading, we will be ministered to in song by Sister Adrian Island. And after Sister Adrian Island, because I really want to dive right into the word of God from the woman of God, we will hear from none other than Reverend Dr. Eileen Maddox. So now we'll be reading Proverbs chapter 3, and we'll be reading verses 5 and 6. And I'm reading from the King James Version. And it simply reads, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Again, that was Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. We know that the word of the Lord is already blessed. We will now hear from Sister Adrian, and right after that, we have coming before you the woman of God, the anointed of anointed one of God, the warrior of God, Reverend Dr. Eileen Maddox. Sister Adrian, we've come this far by faith. And we lean and lean him on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. He's never failed me yet. I'm singing, oh, 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 oh. Can't turn around. We come this far by faith. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord till I 
a Christmas baby, and she he came to pass last night. We're waiting to see what the new year will bring us. We're waiting to see what this new season has in mind for us. We are in a moment of anticipation. And here's the thing about anticipation. We can either face it in anxiety or calmness. But we already know that God tells us to be anxious for nothing in all things prayer with prayer and supplication to make our requests made known. So here we are in a season of expectation and anticipation, and we want to be in the right state of mind. So let's look at what Paul was doing when he wrote the letter to Philippians and understand why God has given us this scripture for this night. You see, the Apostle Paul did not write Philippians in response to a crisis as he did with Galatians and Colossians. Instead, he wrote it to express his appreciation and affection for the Philippian believers. More than any other church, the believers in Philippi offered Paul material support for his ministry. Paul's affection for these people is clear throughout the letter as he encouraged them to live out their life in faith, in joy, and unity. So what does that have to do with expecting God? Well, when you live out your life in this way, you put yourself in a position of always believing God, believing what he said to you, believing what he's exemplified to you, believing what he has written in his word. It means stretching yourself beyond what you can see and what you expect to happen and moving it into a place of expecting God. It means going beyond when you had expectations of people and and got to the place where your experience put you in a place where only people could take you. And people can only take you, but so far. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, God. They can only take you so far. So you have to be in a position as a believer in Christ, as a person who has said, I have faith in the Lord, and I trust what he can do, it, Do then we have to be in a place of saying, I expect God. And in expecting God, our anticipation or regard for what is probable has to be put in a different position than when, than when we expect people. We have to be calm. We have to be ready. We have to know that God's going to do just what he said. It, it, it doesn't come in our timing. It doesn't come when we think it should, but it's right on time. It's in Cairo's time. It is what God is doing, how he's doing it, and the way that he has designed and purposed for it to be done. So what do I mean? I mean, we can't be in an anxious state. We must have calmness and serenity. We have to act like we know God. So what does this, this passage tell us to do? What, is, what question does it answer? What is it regarding? You know, in a time when we're expecting our president to do anything crazy, he almost puts us in a state of anxiety. He, he, uh, 
He's breaking down with our allies. He's breaking down the ally, uh, allied promises and, and contracts and, and, and situations that have been settled so far long ago. He has broken them. He is tempting the, our allies. He is joining with our enemies in his understanding of public, uh, excuse me, of foreign policy and public policy. Let's go with that, too. He is doing everything that exemplifies a reason to have anxiety. We live in a time when we don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, or what's going to make it happen. In our own personal lives, we look at our job and nothing is promised. You know, if you you work for a political candidate and they win, it's good. But if they lose, it may not be to your um, liking or for your advantage. But, you know, you can't live in this kind of anxiety. And as people of God, we should not be in that space. When things don't go our way, amen, and man has made a decision that has thrown off how we're going to live our lives, we can't live in that moment. We have to live expecting God because God has already made it clear to us that he has the best in mind for us. He's already done what is necessary in our lives to make it real and that we fulfill our our purpose if we are following him. We have to understand how to expect God instead of living in anxiety and expecting what people do to us to be our, the last and final word. Hear what I'm saying. No matter what's going on in our lives, Yes, we have to do the work. Yes, there is business to be taken care of. But in the midst of all that, God is in control. So when we are believers in God, since we're talking revival, yes, there may be some in here that don't know it, but all of us need to be revived. We have to get back to the place where we expect God. And in in, in light of the, the uh, topic for this, Revival, we have to be stretched. That means we're facing some things that we never thought we would face. Who would know that we would have a president that would have the intellectual level that we're uh, having to deal with on a daily basis, tweeting all kinds of craziness, and then using words like bigly and uh, large, you know, huge, instead of looking at the, the, uh, what it really means for us in this world, the, the enormity of what we, uh, what we are facing on a daily basis, how important it is that we understand our foreign uh, allies and that we understand who is our enemy and we understand what is truth and what is not truth. We have to be as believers. We have to be in a, a state of expecting God, expecting God to make the best, expecting God to be glorified in the midst of nothingness. So there's an expression that we have to have on our faith, faith, and I'll say our faith as well. And so this passage asks the question or begs the question, what, how do we act or how do you act 
when you're waiting on God to show up in the midst of what could be an anxious time, what could be an anticipatory time of anxiety at the highest, how do we wait on God? And the first example I'd like to give is, I mean, the first way that we do it is to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And so rejoice has to do with being glad in the Lord. In fact, in Psalm 32, it says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Well, there are several things about rejoicing. Rejoicing is about showing the joy that is in your heart, because joy is understanding that when all around us is weak, that God is still God, and he is our strength. In fact, there's a scripture that says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when we're talking about rejoicing, it means showing happiness about the very fact that God has us in his hand, and we've already been told that we cannot be plucked from it. So understand that the first thing that we, that we must do when we are waiting for God in the midst of what appears to be an anxious moment is we must rejoice in the Lord always. Too often we are quiet and we don't say or do the things that are necessary to be rejoiceful. Yes, I'm a loud person. I was voted most spirited in high school. And if you get me at a good football game, I'm going to holler and have a good time. Yes, I'm from the South, so I'm going to holler. And in doing so, that's my way of showing that I'm happy that we're getting a good score. But unlike at the football game, I can continue to rejoice. I continue to, to show happiness in the midst of what looks like a bad situation because unlike the football team, unlike the basketball team, there are no losses here. We win in the end. Yes, sometimes they take the ball from us and go down and score, but they don't win. Because we're in the Lord, we rejoice in the Lord always. In fact, it says, and again I say rejoice. Be happy even when it looks like you've lost. Well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? What I'm saying is the enemy ought to be shaking in his boots because every time he strikes and he thinks he's killed us, we work for God. We're a part of a God who, who comes to bring us life and bring it to us more abundantly. He wants us to live and not die. He wants us to be victor, so he is victor, victorious. That means that we rejoice in the Lord in the worst of times. And yes, sometimes that may be difficult to do. We may not be able to smile, but you know you can rejoice and say, I know the Lord is in the midst. That's a rejoicing, a rejoiceful word. To feel or show great joy or delight. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Yes, you may have a bit of crying because it doesn't look good, because you're going through a hard time, because there's a, it's a moment of desperation. But you will always find yourself as a believer coming back to say, I will trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. Our sister sang for us right before I began to preach. And in doing so, she was saying, I will trust 
in the Lord. There's a reason why it has to be repeated. There's a reason why he says rejoice in the Lord, and then there's a repetition of it. Yes, it's hard, but it's true, and it's real. Rejoicing in the Lord because we know we have the victory in Christ Jesus. So that's the first thing we do. The second thing we do is to relax. And act like we believe God. Don't just say it. Do it. Don't get yourself in an uproar. Anxiety does nothing for us. But oh, the gentleness, the calmness of knowing that we win. That's the attitude we live in. The attitude of knowing that God is God. Stretch yourself. Move beyond your your normal faith boundaries and allow it to be expanded in this moment because things are going to look hard, but this can either be your best year or your worst year. Your best year not because of circumstances, but because of how you respond to circumstances. I'm not saying that there's not work to be done on our part. What I'm saying is, Ultimately, what makes our work work is the work that God has already done. God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above and beyond all we can ever ask or think. So why do we get in a place of anxiety? Why do we allow ourselves to be anxious when we know God is going to be God? He is going to do what he said he was going to do. Don't be anxious about anything. Jesus spoke about anxiety in the Sermon on the Mount, where he stated the most common causes of anxiety. They are physical attributes, clothing, food and drink, and the future. Even in the contemporary life with its complexities, the same simple concerns cause anxiety. But prayer cures it. Prayer is simply talking to God about what's going on, putting it in his hands, and trusting him, and really going right back to number one and rejoicing again. God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Fine. Relax. I got you. What do you mean, God? I don't know how I'm going to be able to wear. I don't don't have anything to wear. I don't know how I'm going to buy something to wear. I don't have any more money. I don't have a coat right now. I don't have uh, the ability to get a coat. I don't don't have shoes, Lord. I, I don't have what I need, God. I'm hungry, Lord. I need something to drink. I'm thirsty, God. What about what's going to happen tomorrow? Am I going to be hungry and thirsty again? He says no. Talk to me and I'll give it to you. And the problem is a lot of times we don't like the way it's given to us. We want it in cash dollars. And God is saying, if you just step around the corner, I got something to drink, pour it in a cup for you. If you'll come to me, all ye that are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Trust in me. Trust in me. Trust in me. Relax. I got you. Relax. You're in my hand. Relax. I love you. Relax. You're mine. Relax. I created you. 
Relax. You belong to me. How will I make it, God? Yes, sometimes we have to go back. But if you just look at your hand right now that's in front of you, look at your body. Look where you are. Look at what's going on in your life and how you're still living and breathing. Relax. Relax. And that takes you to the third point. Rehearse the right things. See, God is saying relax because he wants you to talk about the things that he's already done. Let's go up here to the scripture. Round verse 9, I think it is. 8. He said, finally, brothers, and I'll include sisters, whatever is true, <laughs> whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Are you thinking about what's true? I'm talking about the real truth, not this stuff that has been manufactured in this last year of presidency, but they don't think it started there now because the lie been around for a long time. Living an honest life. What is true? Well, I heard Jesus say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So what do you mean? I mean Jesus himself is the truth. Understanding who he is and what he does and why he came and why he why he's here and why he why we are the body of Christ and why he's coming back again. Whatever is true. Thinking and understanding in the truth of the 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 fact that God has come that we might have life. Think on what is true. Think on what is noble, the character of God. Think on how he is God yesterday, today, and forevermore, and how he loves us, and how he is a noble God and an understanding God. And, and think on what is right. <coughs> God is right in his own being. He is right. He's not a man that he should lie. He is right that he came and that he taught us how to live the right way. Yes, in the Old Testament, he talked a lot about what we shouldn't do, but in the New Testament, he spends much of his time saying, this is how to live. This is the right way of living. Whatever is pure, holy, and righteous, God's existence, Jesus Christ on the inside of us through the Holy Spirit is what is pure. Seek that out. Know that it is in you. Know that that's the holiness that resides in your very being. Know that you have it. Think on it. Think with it. Think understanding that you can live and stand on his word. Hallelujah. Think on whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, lovable, lovely. Think on those things that deserve the love. Think on the love that is in us in spite of us. Think on how God makes us lovely. 
Think on what is admirable. Think on the excellence of God. Put your mind in the place that it's supposed to be. Oh, God Almighty, in the midst of waiting, in the time of anxiety, go back to anticipation, but anticipate expecting God to do and to have his way. And the only way you're going to do that is if you can remember all that he's already done in your life. But if you're stuck and you can't remember, go back to the things that God has shown you in his word that he's already done. How he took it, how he delivered Daniel out of the lion's den, how he bought Abraham out of earth, how he saved, <clears throat> how he saved the Israelites, how he bought them across the Red Sea, how he brought them into the land, how he took care of Joshua, how he was there during the judges, how despite the fact that he had given us himself as our ruler, when we asked for a king, he gave us one. And when that king didn't work work out, he sent us yet another. And every time how he sent us leadership, oh God, how God has loved us in spite of who we are. Think on whatever things are true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. Think on the excellence of God and his praiseworthiness. And if you can't think in the Old Testament, think in the New Testament. Think how he is right there with Christ. Think how he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Think how he lowered himself. Think how he got beyond, hallelujah, what the um, what the enemy tried to do to him. Think on even in death he loved us so much that he gave his life. Think on how he saved us from the depths of hell when he took the keys and broke out. And then how he put all power in our hands giving us the ability in spite of knowing the, the, the raggediness that we were, how he became so that we might be. Think on those things, whatsoever is true, excellent, or praiseworthy. Whatever you have learned or received, Paul is saying from me, but we should be thinking from whatever, whomever God is using to teach us. Think on what you received or heard about Christ or seen in Christ and put it into practice. Rehearse this stuff. Live it out. God knows we're not perfect, but we know that we follow a perfect God. And if we do all that we know of him, all that we understand of him, not just saying it, not just thinking it, but walking it out, He's there to help you. The song says, ask the, ask the Savior to help you, comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He means while you're doing what the Savior has taught us to do in his Sermon on the Mount, in his work with the disciples, think on those things. Follow God through. See him for who he is and then practice it. And the peace of God, the God of peace will be with you. 
of this is about trusting God. Expect God. Expect God to be God. Expect God to be God in spite of what you understand about God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice, and again, I will say it, rejoice. Follow God and give him the glory that he deserves. Give God the glory that he deserves. Magnify his name. In the midst of the smallness of the the world, magnify God. Quit letting him be smaller. Magnify God by rejoicing in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Shout unto God. Give him the joy. Be upright in heart and give him the glory because in spite of what you see, he's one. Relax. Act like you believe in God. Be calm, be cool, be collective. Hey, get your gangster lean on because you know that God can do it. He can do exactly what he said he would do. Not what people say that he can do, but what you know God can do, what you've read God can do. Get in a place of relaxing and knowing that God is God. And I'm not saying that sometimes we don't get too hyped. I'm saying when you recognize it, relax. Lean back. Check out your nails. Look off in the distance at how beautiful God is. Rehearse the right things. Talk about how good he was, how good he is, and how good he can be. We don't have a right to sit around and act like we don't know. We have to rehearse all the things that he's brought us through, all the things that he brought our families through, our ancestors through, all the things that our parents went through that we can be and sit and relax. He bought them that. And don't let the devil fool you and say that was white man's God. Because ain't no white man, green man, or gold man can make God be God. We trust God because we recognize God. We recognize his love and his power. Rejoice. Relax and rehearse. So why do we do that? Because Jesus came, he died, and he was resurrected. We have to be glad because he chose to die. We have to be glad because he gave up life that we might have life. And there's no way in the world he went through all that so that you would lose. Relax knowing that you don't have to because he already did. Oh, yeah, it's tough. This same book, book of Philippians tells us that the way to really know God is to go through what he went through. But because he went through it, it can relax even in the midst. 
because we know we're going to make it on the other side. And finally, in our rehearsal, our rehearsal is of the redemption of God, of the resurrection of Christ, that we will be resurrected and we are being resurrected every day. Every time we go through, God is right there to see us through. God is real. And we need to learn how to expect him to a greater extent. We will not make it in the years to come. We will not see the joy of the Lord unless we expect God. You will see people fall because they don't expect God. You will see the downfall of God's people because we don't expect God. But the moment we put ourselves in position to expect, we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God is good. And I ask you to stretch and strengthen yourself by trusting and expecting God. Pastor Toy, I know I was supposed to go all the way to 945, but that is God's word for tonight. Amen, amen, amen. And you know what, Reverend Doctor, I can't do no more than that. I bless God for the word, hallelujah, God, that has come forth this evening, and out of everything that was said, you know what part I loved the most mm-hmm. about the expectancy and expecting God? The fact that we are able to rest in him. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. It's something about being able to come home, to come in from all of the things you dealt with in the world, on your job, in your schools, in your communities, in our families. Come on, somebody, let's be honest. In our families, sometimes in our own homes. But when you get to your secret closet, when you get to that secret place, you are able to find rest. Hallelujah, God. And we think of rest, we always think about sleeping. But we get to rest. Let me tell you about this rest. This rest is the type of rest that makes you have peace when all hell is breaking out. Mm. This, this rest is the type that makes you think and walk in life when you see death all around you. This rest that he gives you makes you walk by faith and not by sight. And what I love about walking by faith, walking by faith simply means walking with all of your trust totally on and in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. It is just something awesome about what God has done, what God is doing. And there may be somebody out there this evening that has heard this word, and it is stirring up in your spirit as I feel it stirring in mine, and he has held mm-hmm. Satan a bay long enough that you can come to a conscious life altering, life-changing decision to come into the rest of God through Jesus Christ. And you do it by accepting him as your personal 
Savior. It's not something that's hard to do. See, we always want to tell you that you got to wait until the church building is open or your sanctuary is open. But no, because we're not talking about a church membership. We're talking about a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. What most people don't tell you is you usually choose Christ before you ever walked into the building. Amen. And the part that you don't even realize is before you have chosen him, he already chose you. Hallelujah. He just waiting Hallelujah. for us to get to a point of acceptance, a point where we can say, Father, I'm tired of running, a point where we can say, Father, I'm tired of hitting my head on that same proverbial wall, a point where we can say, mm-hmm. Father, I'm tired of fighting against all the wills and the wickedness of this world. And he's sitting there saying, come on, baby, I know, just come on. Come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you life and life more abundantly. Come to me and I will give you joy, that of the Lord, mm-hmm. which will be your strength. But it all starts with you got to come to him. And you come yes. to him by simply saying and admitting and believing on God's word. You just simply repeat these words after me. You say, Father God, I agree on your word that I need you, that I'm a mess without you, and that you provided a way for this mess to be your message, for my test to become my testimony, and that way you provided was through Jesus Christ. I ask him to come into my life. I ask him to rule my life, to begin to change my life, to forgive me of my sins. I repent. I'm turning from them this day. I ask him to make me new in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you said that prayer, according to God's word, the last thing you have to do is say it out your mouth. Because the word tells us if we believe in our hearts and confess it, out our mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he lived and died for our sins and rose from the grave, that the same shall be saved. So, and I paraphrase that, but for that person out there listening who said the prayer with me this evening, just tell somebody. As I said, you don't have to wait until Sunday morning to let it be known. You don't have to wait until Sabbath morning to let it be known. You can call somebody up on the phone right now. You can go if there's someone home with you, knock on your neighbor's door and say, hey, I just accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. You can go outside, my favorite one, go outside and scream it at the top of your lungs. I've just accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. But according to God's word, once you confess it out your mouth, you are saved. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Now, we encourage you to attempt to find a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and heal from the trials and the tribulations of this world. But until then, that is why he has Purpose Kingdom Network here for you. We bless God. We bless God. We bless God. We are so excited. Please join us here tomorrow evening at 9 p.m. We will be coming with the fourth night of our third annual Holy Ghost filled end of the year revival, stretching your faith. That's right, y'all. It's a new year coming, so let's stretch our faith into it. We are stretching our faith. Tomorrow we have Shepherdess Diane Haskell at 9 p.m. right here at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash purpose kingdom. Know that we love you with the love of Christ. We are praying for you. We are praying with you. Reverend Dr. 
it is back in your hands for you to close us out as the Lord and you see fit. Amen. 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 You know, the the thing about this whole piece about relaxing and and it's because God knows that we are just we get caught up. We live in a society that, that wants us to work ourselves to death. If you don't believe it, work hard and see if anybody tell you to stop. Work too hard and see if they see, uh, tell you to stop and, and then fall out and watch them step over you and, and get somebody else to do it. But God is telling us to rejoice. Understand that he's got it. And, you know, we'll rejoice if, we, if we're happy. We'll, we'll rejoice. But joy itself is not about the smile. It's about the knowing. And when we know God, this is the stretching, y'all, is to get to know God so well that we begin to relax. And then the way that you continue in that, it's like a a continuous cycle, is rejoice, relax, and then rehearse. And rejoice, relax, and then rehearse. God wants us to understand that he loves us like that. And we have to quit measuring him against the love of mankind. He's teaching us to love. We're not teaching him. And we don't we don't set the, the barometer for how he loves. He teaches us how to get to the place of loving. I guess the biggest thing that I want to leave you here with is just to continue that cycle in your life and that will stretch you. Because the more you get to know who God is, the more you rejoice. And the more you rejoice, the more you'll know when to relax. And it's a continuous peace. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And always acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Can't nobody else direct your path. They can try to move you off of it. But once you're on it, he's got you. And, and I'm saying this for myself. And for everybody listening, I don't care where you are in this, you will have to go deeper because God would give us this word if it wasn't going to be necessary for us to remember to rejoice, relax, and rehearse. Let us pray. God, for every person who is listening, including myself, as you have spoken to me, God, I pray that you would continue to teach us and to give us the faith that only you can give because you're the author and the perfecter of our faith. Continue to perfect that faith in us, God. Continue to have your way in us. Continue to stretch us, God, to the point that we will become the disciples you need us to be that we might make disciples, oh God, and that we might feel the that we might be used as instruments to fill the kingdom of God with all of those who all of us who are called to be your children, God, before the foundation of this earth. We want to fulfill our purpose in your kingdom. God bless Pastor Toy. God bless our producer. God bless everyone who's in the background of this. God bless our psalmist for tonight and every person listening now. We magnify you, God, and we lift you up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus bless. He raised me. I do not lose. 
he saves me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Step one to see down, I will not lose. 